We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he was born of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered, died, and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in fulfillment of the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. And we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
peace when the darkest day remains. Jesus, this we know we will see the enemy run. This we know we will see the victory come. We hold on to every promise you've ever made. Jesus, you are unfailing. Our God through the wilderness. Our joy through the heaviness. Our way when it seems there is no way. Jesus, this we Who 
saves. Worthy is your name. Oh God, the glory is yours. Kingdom is come and the battle is over. Jesus, in your name we rise and the glory is yours. Glory is yours. Oh God, the glory is yours. Kingdom is come and the battle is over. Jesus, in your name we rise and the glory is yours. Glory is yours. Thrones of angels watch in wonder. Time is over. Every heart at last proclaim, worthy is your name. Oh God, the glory is yours. Kingdom is come and the battle is over. Jesus, in your name we rise and the glory is yours. Glory is yours. Oh God, the glory is yours. Kingdom is come and the battle is over. Jesus, in your name we rise and the glory is yours, glory is yours. Nobody beside you, there has never been anyone, anything like you. Nobody beside you, there has never been anyone, anything like you. Nobody beside you, there has never been anyone, anything like you. Nobody beside you, there has never been anyone, anything like you. Nobody beside you, there will never be anyone, anything like you. Nobody beside you, there will never be anyone, anything like you. Nobody beside you, there will never be anyone, anything like you. Nobody beside you, there will never be anyone, anything like you. Oh God, the glory is yours. Kingdom is come and the battle is over. Jesus, in your name we rise and the glory is yours. Glory is yours. Oh God, the glory is yours. Kingdom is come and the battle is over. Jesus, in your name we rise and the glory is yours. Glory is yours. Praise God. Happy Father's Day this morning. Um, if you're new here, you can fill out one of the connect cards on the back of the pew. And uh, go around and greet your family of faith this morning.
All right, amen. Well, it's good to have you here at Only Believe at Urbana. And I hope you are enjoying, yeah, your summer so far. Amen. All right, tithe and offering time. If you have uh, something to give, you can prepare that. And um, uh, if you need a tithe and offering envelope, by the way, they're on the chairs in front of you. If there's not one there, you can wave your hand around, and one of our ushers will help you out. But we're glad you're here this morning. As you notice, some of our, our teams gone, our worship team. But they did a good job, didn't they? Yeah. Amen. And one of the reasons we have our dream, by the way, we have in church what we call dream teams. And they're, they're the worship team, the ushers, greeters, kids' church, all these different dream teams, media, you name it. And it's good to have, it's always good to have a team and not a person. You know what I'm saying? That, that way somebody can be gone and we still have a team and not running around figuring out what to do. So if you're not on a dream team, we'd love for you to join a dream team. So back there, yeah, that was a commercial. I'm sorry. But anyways, back there um, on the table, there's a dream team sign-up sheet. You can uh, connect on one of those. And we want to keep uh, growing our dream teams. And, and our dream teams are phenomenal. They do such a great job, and we appreciate them. And, and um, if we didn't have dream teams, when you would come to church, all you would get is me and, and the message, which is okay, but how many know it's good to have a lot of things happening in the house? So you guys make all that happen, and we appreciate it. Uh, we got some small groups starting to happen, lots of good things. So if you're not part of a dream team, hook up with one, and, and uh, we'll get you involved. Anyways, I was supposed to be talking about offerings. So let's just pray every tithe and offering this morning. If you have something to give, you can bring it down, Lord. We worship you today, and part of our worship is our giving, and Lord, that you are our great provider, and you are our wonderful Savior, but in that, Lord, you are a good God, and we are your children. You treat us as such, and we thank you so much for all of the provision in our lives, and many times that we know that you have brought blessing to us in one way or another. We thank you for that. And I pray as we give today, just further deepens the fact that we live by faith in you. And we appreciate you and we love you this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name, everybody says, amen. amen. If you have something to give, you may bring it down. And uh, some uh, quick announcements is, um, for those that are helping out with the Vacation Bible School, so that's a week from tomorrow our VBS starts. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of next week. Uh, for those of you that sign up to help, next Sunday, right after church, we're going to have a meeting about the uh, Vacation Bible School and just kind of tell you how it's going to work and all that kind of stuff. So uh, how many of y'all uh, are, are praying about our VBS? I hope you are. So pray about it, that good things happen. And uh, by the way, uh, who, ushers, if you get these, if you have a child that is coming to the VBS, raise your hand up and uh, you'll get one of these papers. And all this paper is, it kind of tells you what's going to be happening. So, like, each night there's a, a, a theme, like Monday night there's a uh, uh, mismatch of, of clothing and different things like that. There's uh, a boys versus girls offering contest during the week. There's a visitor contest, all these different things. So, this is just an information sheet about the VBS. So, uh, if your kids are planning on being here, we hope they are. 
at each night there'll be snacks and different things like that. So weather permitting, it'll be on our, our front lawn. If not, it'll be right in this room right here. So anyhow, we're looking forward to it. If you want to help out with the VBS and never signed up for it, you missed that sign up, let me know. We'll get you hooked up. And again, just be at that meeting next Sunday right after church. So we're excited about that. I've been talking to Pastor Jared from the Kenton campus, and he's looking forward to getting over here. Uh, also, uh, men. Um, they're, they're putting together an outing to Top Golf in Cincinnati. So it's a driving range, a very nice driving range. We're going to go hit some golf balls together in fellowship. Uh, if you're interested in that, they haven't picked a day yet. They want to get a sign up and they want to, uh, once everybody's signed up, have a meeting and then pick a day that works for everybody. So that sign up's also at the back. So if you're interested in that, and I don't know the cost of it, I don't know, Mike, you guys have a shot in the dark on the cost? Just, Okay, all right, so you're talking, let's say a good amount come, 20 bucks, 10, what, what are you looking at? That might help somebody. Josh, do you know? Okay, somewhere between 10 and 20 bucks. Okay, so anyways, uh, sign up for that and, and they'll get together with you guys and do that. And, and don't forget, uh, also, um, July 18th, we're looking forward to our building dedication at 6 o'clock. So we hope everybody's here. Uh, people from different campuses will be here. It's going to be a fun time, an exciting time, but also a time that we're going to pray and dedicate this building for the furthering of the gospel. Amen? And, and that's what we are all about. So make sure you're here for that. And bring somebody out. It might be a good time to, to invite somebody that's never been here before uh, to church. And having said that, today's Father's Day. Well, happy Father's Day, dads. And... Um, uh, we appreciate you, and, and not just not just dads, but all the guys in our church, whether you're not a dad or, or maybe uh, whatever your situation is, we appreciate all the men in our church and all that. But we have a, a little video just, just to celebrate you guys. Can you, can you all play that thing? When you're a dad, you have to play a lot of roles. Hey, 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 don't eat that. Don't tap on the brain. Okay, well, load it. All right. Oh, you're good. Take, take a left. Turn left. Turn left. Turn left. When a man loves a woman, he... Honey! All righty, sweetie. This time I want you to concentrate and focus on the ball. You got this. No phone. This is my door in my house. I told you how to slam it. You get the door back when I say you get the door back. I told you before. Don't you slam the door in my house. I told you. Hey, knock it off. Don't let me turn this car around. I'll do it. What are you wearing? No, I, you're not going anywhere looking like that. Go on back upstairs and put some clothes on. Oh! Get the door, get the door, get the door, get the door, open the door, open the door, sweetie, open. Bye. And Jesus steps in and stops everybody before they start throwing the rocks. And he says, let he who's without sin throw the first stone. You do all of this knowing that one day you will get fired because we all get fired. But by the grace of God, you might get hired back to be a consultant. Hey, sweetie, what's up? All right, well, dads, dads, you guys do a good job, and, and I think we said this on Mother's Day. Just remember, everybody, 
Let me give you a little, and I know some of you are a bit older than me, you can give better advice about this, but parenting is the long road. Parenting is not your moments where you're frustrated. Parenting is, is the long road that keeps going even when your kids are not in your house anymore. So, so don't get frustrated in your moments. Amen? Okay, keep, keep, keep going. Keep praying. Keep in, in the wisdom that you have, raise them up in the admonishment of the Lord. Right? Amen? And God, God will return on those things. Right? Amen. So, so don't be frustrated. Don't give up. Don't get mad. Don't, you know, I'm not doing a good job. Put that shame off you. Keep raising them. And you're, you're doing a good job, I promise you. Amen. All right. Also, I forgot one announcement real quick is the, the baby bottles for Sycamore House. Uh, if, you, if you have one, and they were due today. I've been forgetting to announce it. They were due today, but you can bring it Wednesday if you forgot it. So uh, I know several of them came in. We appreciate that. But you can give those to Mike uh, by Wednesday so he can get those in. I think he has a meeting Thursday which is going to take them over. So thank you for blessing the Sycamore House. And, and don't, just, don't just give the money, but pray for them. Amen? All right, get your Bibles out. Matthew chapter number 20. We're going to close out today our uh, series on the parables of Jesus. Now, obviously, we did not do all the parables of Jesus. We did, uh, I think this is like number eight in the series, seven or eight. So we spent almost two months on different parables of Jesus that we find in the Gospels. And um, uh, kind of, here's maybe a challenge. How about this? Can I challenge you for a second? Um, as we talked about the infilling of the Holy Spirit uh, the week after Pentecost Sunday, I, I threw out kind of a general challenge, maybe kind of uh, take some time in your daily uh, scripture time, which, which I hope you have, and, and read through the book of Acts. And just let the book of Acts settle in on you and how the Holy Spirit works. And then end with the understanding that the book of Acts really isn't done. We're still in the church age, right? So kind of a general challenge of reading the book of Acts. So along with that, let me just challenge you. Don't, I, I would uh, maybe jump in on the Gospels and keep checking in the parables of Jesus as we're closing out this series. And keep growing and learning and capture the big picture of what the kingdom of God is about what it's like, what it means to live in it. Okay, that's what the series has been about. But just because we end the series doesn't mean you'd have to stop reading the parables. Amen? Amen? All right, let's just make sure we're, we're all awake this morning. So Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 16 is the, the parable we're going to be in today. And it's the parable of the laborers in the vineyard. So Matthew 20, verse number 1, For the kingdom of heaven is like, and this is where almost all of the parables that we did started off with that statement. For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And going about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, You go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. And then going about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he did the same. And about the eleventh hour, he found out that others were standing, and he said to them, Why do you stand here idle all day? And they said to him, Because no one has hired us. And he said to them, you go into the vineyard too. 
And when the evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the laborers uh, and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received the denarius. Verse 10, and, and now those who were hired first came, and they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, these last worked only one hour, and you gave them equal, or made them equal to us, who were born the burden of the day and the scorching heat. We replied to them, one of them, friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you, and I choose to give this to the last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me, or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. So this is a parable about the generosity of God. And as Jesus always does, there's always sort of an undercurrent to his parables. And he's also kind of pushing it back against religious pride. So generosity and religious pride are dealt with in this parable. Now, as all the parables that we've been dealing with, or at least most of them, we have a God who is active. So, so here, here is a, a master of a house that owns a vineyard. And he is actively hiring people to work in his vineyard. It's the same as the parable with the sower. Remember, a man goes and sows, right? Um, or, or the parable of, of the yeast in, in the dough. Someone is working the, the yeast through the dough. Or uh, the parable of the, of, the, of the treasure found in the field of the pearl of great price. Somebody put the treasure there and somebody put the pearl of great price out there. God is ever active. Amen. And thank goodness. And this is something that we talk about and has come up so much in these parables is that God in his great love. And listen, if you forget or, 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 or the, the great love of God becomes something that you're sort of just used to because you hear it so much, you have to stop. You must always live in the revelation of the great love of God. And never let it become cliche to you. For God so loved the world. Don't ever let that line become cliche to you. For God so loved the world that he sent. He is always active. So Jesus comes. Why? The great love of God. When Jesus ascends, who do they send? The Holy Spirit comes. God is ever active in the world because of his great love. God loves you. How many of you heard that like a zillion times in your life? Anybody? Okay. Yeah. Don't ever take that for granted. Don't ever let that be cliche. Turn your neighbor and say, God loves you. Point your finger, get them in their nose a little bit. God loves you. Yeah, remind them. Never forget that. God loves you. And because he loves you, he is ever active in this world. So the kingdom of God is ever increasing. God is ever seeking to hire, in other words, bring people into the kingdom. It's symbolic of salvation and new creation, people coming into the kingdom. The kingdom of God is ever increasing. And this is God's desire. He takes pleasure in seeing people that are lost and, and bound for judgment. He it takes pleasure in bringing them into the kingdom. 
And this is, this is the attitude that those who believe should have. Not only is God's great love always ever working to increase the kingdom, so should us who are in the kingdom have a love to want to see the kingdom increase also. But this is something that Jesus deals with in his parable, because apparently there are those that don't feel that way. Now, various stages in the day, and this is very much like uh, uh, sort of how um, uh, workers were found at this time period, so there'd be an area where people would gather, and people that owned uh, places like vineyards or whatnot, they would come by and they would hire people out of these places to go work for them. And so this was a very common scenario. But the, the, the master in the story here, he not only hires people in the first of the morning, then different stages of the day he comes back and, and hires more people to come work in his vineyard. See, God is in the same in our lives. I think everybody here has a different story of their salvation. Isn't that right? And that's, that's one of the wonderful things about the kingdom, though, is, is, is the way God works with us is not as if we're on an assembly line in a factory where it's just the same thing for each person. And by the time you get to the end of the line, everybody's just the same and, and, and it's, it's all perfect and, and ready to go. But our stories of salvation are so different. They're, salvation is one and the same, but the stories of salvation are multiple upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands. We're, we're not the work of an assembly line. We're the work of the Holy Spirit. And how God works in each one of us may be different. And, and you can take this in a certain way that, that may be at different stages of life. Uh, some of you You've been believing in Jesus since you were this big. Some of y'all didn't meet Jesus until the middle stage of your life. Some of y'all, maybe some of you who are older, you may have not met Jesus in a way of salvation until later in your life. But God in each person is different things in different ways in different stages of life. We all grow differently. Remember the soil of the parable of the sower. Some it's 30-fold, some 60, some 100-fold. So we all grow in different ways. So there's different stages that we see God work in us. And, and by the way, that, that's important. Kind of a side note here. And be careful how you look at other people and bring judgment based on the stage of their walk with Jesus. And I understand, we're, talking, we're going to address those who, uh, in a few moments, that, those can, that you consider yourself sort of mature in the faith, because this is sort of where the parable gets after people about. But those of you who consider yourself more mature in the faith, the more mature you are, you'll start seeing the more grace that you have, vice versa. If, if you consider yourself mature in the faith, but you feel your, yourself kind of judgy, you may not be as mature as you think. The more mature you are, the more grace that you have because of different stages of people's walk with Jesus. But here's the thing. No matter what stages, in this parable, the reward was the same. Morning and all the, all the way to the evening, they all received a denarius for their day's work. What, what is our reward? Our reward is everlasting life. Amen. And how many of y'all are looking forward to everlasting 
life. Come, Lord Jesus, Maranatha. Come, Lord Jesus, and he is coming again. And just as the master of the house and that owned the vineyard sent his workers to, to bring the wage of, of what they did for the day, so our reward will be at the return of Jesus, and we believe he is coming again. That, that is another thing, by the way. So don't ever let it be cliche that God loves you. Also, don't ever let it be cliche that Jesus is coming again. And, and sometimes because we, we've been in a stage of him tearing, for whatever reason it is, it kind of get, oh, we kind of get lucky days going on thought about it. No, no, no. Jesus is coming again. And there will be a reward for the life lived. Now, the generosity of God. Let's talk about this for a minute. Because this is what the parable in, in initially is about, that it deals again with some, some prideful things. But when it comes to the generosity of God, may we always be surprised at the goodness of God. Always be surprised at his goodness. Because when you're surprised at his goodness, again, you'll have a lot of grace for other people. You want his goodness for you, right? You want his grace for you, right? But, but never look at it in such a way that you think you have his goodness and grace in a nice, neat box because it went to you in a certain way. Never be surprised at the goodness and grace of God for other people and how God works with them and does good for them and his grace for them. Because God, in other words, never bet against the grace of God. Never bet against the grace of God. Now, I don't know how you were before you met Jesus. I would imagine that some of y'all were a pretty good sinner. Right? I think some of you are probably pretty good at it. You, you could think back and, and think, oh my goodness, really? I lived that way? That, that was the way my attitude was, that's the way I saw life, that was the things I involved myself in. I thought that was good and fun. And you think about it, you probably were a pretty good sinner, but God still saved you, did he not? Never bet against the grace of God. Never bet against his grace. But then how many know that even once you were saved, you still need his grace? You were, you were a good sinner, now you're saved, but you still need it anyways. Hey, listen, so, so you're struggling. Listen, never bet against the grace of God. So don't do that for yourself, but then don't do that for other people. See, the economy that we work with in our mind is not the economy of God. You got to think about this. And this is where the parable starts to get after some things here. So if you own the business, and I know some of you guys have your own business, and uh, uh, you hired people through the day like this guy did, I promise you, you're probably not going to pay this person that worked all day the same thing the person that only worked an hour at night. You're probably not going to do that. Because in your mind, you believe it's just to do that. Well, this person's been here since 8 in the morning. They actually worked through the heat of the day. They carried the burden of the day. 
So certainly I'm going to pay them more by the hour than the person that just showed up for the last hour at night, right? That's our economy. And in a certain way, that is absolutely just. But God is not that way in his goodness. And this is where it gets against some of this religious pride. God's grace works outside of how we think about things. And he's not limited to how we think things should work. So man, we pay by earning. God rewards by grace. And there's no earning in grace. Isn't that right? We pay by what people earn. God pays by grace. And they're not the same thing. How many of you are thankful you don't have to earn the grace of God? Oh my goodness. We, we wouldn't make it. That's why grace is, that's why you don't bet against the grace of God because he's constantly giving those who don't deserve it what they don't deserve. That is, by, by the way, a definition of grace. God giving us what we don't deserve. We don't earn anything from God. You cannot. As, as scripture says, we're saved by faith through grace. It is the gift of God. Lest no man can boast, right, that you earned it. Grace gives you what you don't deserve. So we have workers in this parable that are only working the latter part of the day, and they're getting the same things as the ones that work the whole day, and you say that's not fair, but that's the grace of God. They're getting something they didn't deserve. And that upset some people, and it did in the parable. They work all day long, and you're giving that person the same as me? I worked hard. I worked in the heat of the day, and you're giving them the same, really? That's how this works? That's the grace of God. Now, and I think some people get upset. They're like, well, you know, um, I'm living in a way that I'm pursuing holiness. I'm pursuing the right things of God. And you have this person over here that was living it up, living life as they wanted to. I lived my whole life like this, and there at the very last minute on their deathbed, they cry out to Jesus, and we get the same reward. Are you kidding me? If that's your attitude, you misunderstand what abundant life is all about. Because you're saying, well, they get to live it up and do what they want. They were dead in sin. That wasn't the better part of this deal. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You pursuing the things of God was abundant life. You had the better part of the deal. But somehow in our backwards thinking, they get to live in sin so they get the better part of life. No, 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 no. They're constantly perpetuating death in their life. You've been living according to the things of God, so you've been, you've been living in abundant life. You already were seeing your reward. They didn't see that reward in their life. But thank goodness for the grace of God that doesn't work in our economy. That grace that sustained you in something you couldn't earn anyways that entire time is the same grace that meets that person on their deathbed to bring reward. Amen. So abundant life is life we're walking in now by the grace of God, and it's good that you're not living the other way, even though it seems like they get to do what they want because true freedom is found in abundance, not in sin.
right? And even in the parable, you know, Jesus uh, says that the master says, verse number four, he says his pay is whatever is right. Verse four, let's, let's just throw that out there. Verse four. And he said to them, you go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right, I will give you. This was, what, the second group of people that he hired. God decides what is right, and thanks goodness for that. So no matter where the person was brought in, in the hiring, what they received was deemed right by God. That's good. That's in his wisdom. Actually, actually in verse 13, addressing this, verse 13, he says, But he replied to one of them, Friend, I'm doing you no wrong. So whatever God does in his grace, he is doing nobody wrong. See, the grace of God is prevailing. And it's good news for each one of us. So let's, let's bring some points out here real quick. For those of you that consider yourself at least growing in your maturity and faith, let, let's, let's address a couple things. Those who are mature, you consider yourself spiritually strong. Because you understand the grace of God, you should be okay with carrying the burden for others. Right? as the parable uses in the heat of the day, the burden of the heat of the day. You should be okay with carrying the burden for others so they can experience grace where they need it. That's, that's a mature way of seeing things. Versus, I'm working hard and they're not, I deserve more. That's not the kingdom. And that's not the economy of the kingdom. Those who are mature see how grace works, see the need of grace in their own life, and see then the possibility of God doing something for somebody else and wanting to do what you can to see that. That's maturity. You who are spiritual should be glad for the reward of someone who just gets in. Right? Never counting it against what you feel you have done. See, see, you will actually see, though you have been laboring, that you still need the goodness of God. And as God gives his grace freely to you, you should be honored to see God give his grace freely to other people, even if they just get in. And then with that, those who, of you who are, are, are mature should never, as, as the words of the parable, begrudge the generosity of God, but actually delight in his generosity. You should count it joy when you see somebody walk in the grace of God. You should delight in hearing somebody being saved at the late stages of their life. You should delight in hearing the grace of God for somebody that you thought would never get saved. Delight in it. 
Because if you are really, listen, if you are really experiencing abundant life, and you're growing in it, how could you not want that for somebody else? Well, if you, if you really, this is a big question, because this really changes how we think about life here. Do you really believe in the life to come? Because that changes everything, you know that? Do you really believe that Jesus is coming again and there's going to be a new heaven and new earth? Do you really believe you're going to have a resurrected body? Do you really believe there's going to be no more pain and sickness, all, all the troubles of this world be wiped away? Do you believe that? Do you believe that is your great reward? If you believe it, that changes everything. And how could you not want somebody to experience that? Right? Even if you worked hard in the middle of the day, in the heat of the day, to live the life that you know you've been called to live, and they've been out living it up, do you believe in it that much? And see the gravity of that situation, to want to have the same reward for them as you, though they were the late stages of the day. Does that kind of grace work in you, but not just work in you, but does that kind of grace work through you? Can you imagine, can you imagine if we had a feast here at the church? So next Sunday is Joy Fellowship, 5 o'clock, correct? So they're going to have a feast here. Is good food at this feast? Okay, it is. Patsy said so. It's good food. All right. So let's say the whole church came, and they would love for you all to come, by the way. Uh, we had a big feast set up, and... And for some reason, however, the table, it was a long table right down the aisle with the rectangle tables, end on end, the whole way down. And for some reason, the food at this end was good, and, and it was just okay at the end, but the food kind of progressed from okay to real good. So at one end, you got some sandwiches, and up here, you got lobster, <laughs> crab legs, you know what I'm saying? So you see, there's a progression of the food. The sandwich is okay. It's good. But man, this stuff up here, okay. So, can you imagine if we came in and everybody was ready to sit down, we say, whoa, 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 wait a second, wait a second. Those of you who've been saved for more than 25 years, and also you've been doing this good, you get to sit up here. But if you've been saved for less than a year, or you think you've been saved for 25 years, but you've been stinking at this, you have to sit down there. Now, now, I think there would be a place of honor where we would say for somebody like Tom, I think Tom's our oldest guy here, and I bet Tom's been saved longer than us, and Tom is a, a, a man of God. I think some of us in our honor would say, Tom, we really want you to sit up here. Wouldn't we do that? But it'd be a different story if Tom demanded, I deserve to sit here. And the rest of y'all, you sit down there. Because I earned this more than you did. Can you imagine Tom doing that? I couldn't, I couldn't see Tom doing that. I don't know. I mean, he might fight for one of those crab legs, but, you know. See, we would place people in honor, but, but him demanding changes everything. That we would demand preference. Because I've been doing this a long time. And we would demand 
in, 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 that, in that pride because in our demand we're saying, and I've been better than you. And you don't deserve to sit at this part of the table. We all of a sudden become table guards. Like we get to choose who gets what reward in the kingdom. Like we get to choose who gets to sit where in the kingdom. You know, I actually heard somebody say that one time. I was talking about the feast of the kingdom. There, there's uh, the, the, the metaphor of the feast of the kingdom gathering in. And we were, we were discussing inviting people to the feast. Just invite anybody to come sit at the table. And somebody said, well, not everybody can sit at the table. And they literally said, I worked hard to be there. And I went, oh, oh, okay, let's have a, let's have a conversation. See, as a church, we should be ever seeking to add more seats at the table and don't matter where they sit. Right? Well, wait a second, what about all the problems? What about yours? But, but who's at the table with us? Jesus. Jesus can deal with who's sitting at the table. Remember, he broke bread and Judas was there. He, he's, a, he's a big boy. He can take care of this. Right? And we let Jesus do what only Jesus can do, but it was our job to make room at the table and not decide who gets to sit where and, and who deserves it more and who worked harder. No, no, no. The grace invites everybody to the table. And if we understand the nature of grace, then we're happy when everybody receives the reward. There's a parable that we'll get to, not in this series, but... We'll talk about this sometime. Remember the prodigal son? And he comes home after, after living like he did, squandering his inheritance, li living like all that. And remember, the father sees him far off. And the Bible says he runs. We have a God who runs after people. Right? He, we have a God in his grace. He runs after people. We have his grace. He runs after people. Searching out for the lost one. Right? Remember, remember, they throw this big party, and the brother was, older brother was off doing, in the field, and he heard the celebration, and he got mad. Now, that parable is about the older brother as much as it's about the prodigal. Again, it was digging out religious pride. The brother got mad, and he said to, said to the father, I've been here all this time doing all this work, and you never threw a party with me and my friends, but this guy goes and does this and comes back, and you throw him a party. Don't be like the older brother. That you don't feel celebrated enough or pat on the back enough or considered whatever, and then, then, then we're all excited about the, the newest one that's come in. Be a part of the party in the grace of God. As the Bible says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Amen. You know, you know the Beatitudes, maybe sometime we'll do, do the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes are proclamations of good news. Blessed, blessings. Now, you, you think, when you think about Blessings. You think, man, how, how does God bless me? You think a lot of stuff, but you look at the Beatitudes, you find blessings. Blessed to the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed to those who mourn, for they will be comforted. 
Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And all the, all the way down through. The proclamation that the kingdom of God is for those that are poor, they're struggling, they're inadequate in here. That's good news. That's who grace is for. That's who God is calling into the kingdom. And you remember some of the other parables about, about banquets? Jesus is inviting, in, in the parable, they're inviting people in, but they're not coming, and then other people come, and he says, look, to the religious leaders, look, all these other people are entering in before you because you're not responding the way you should be in your pride. Amen. Be joyful at the grace of God. Never stop being surprised by the grace of God. Be an agent of the grace of God. Let Jesus be judge. You be an agent of grace. Let Jesus be the one that, that, that convicts. You be the agent of grace. Right? Let Jesus be the one that can bring change, because only he can do it anyways. You be an agent of grace. And you make room at the table, and if they come, come on in, and let's enjoy the feast together. Amen? Because it's only by grace you're sitting there anyways. Right? All right. Let's pray. Lord, Lord, we thank you for your goodness, for your wonderful grace. Lord, as we live a life following you and all the things that mean picking up our cross, being a disciple, that would never turn to a place of any kind of a pride in our standing. But as we're picking up our cross and following you, we are ever inviting other people to come along with us. We're ever inviting people to come sit at the table with us. We're ever putting out new seats and putting another table on the end of our table and put, passing all the good food that way too. That in your mercy you keep working with each one of us. And as we become as the beatitude, blessed and merciful, for they will be shown mercy. That we are agents of that ourselves. Well, I pray that you use each one of us to show your kingdom, to share the gospel, to, to impact you for your glory. Share you. Live a life where we're a light for you. But we walk this earth like the pardon of God, taking you with us wherever we go, the kingdoms within us. That we are part of those that are, that are hiring people throughout the day to come work in the vineyard to receive the reward. So we praise you today. Encourage us today. Strengthen us today. Give us wisdom. In Jesus' name, everybody says, amen, amen. Well, thank you for coming today. Have a wonderful Father's Day. By the way, Wednesday night, Pastor Tim LeMaster. You guys know Pastor Tim, right? I think a lot of you, he's been here before. He's coming to, to share the word. The reason is, I'm not going to be here. That's okay. We're, we're going on a, a, a short vacation, so uh, we're going to not be here Wednesday. Pastor Tim's going to be here, so come hear the word from him. And uh, we will be back next Sunday morning. So be blessed as you go this week, and uh, uh, let's share Jesus with somebody.